immorality, impurity, idolatry, rivalry, jealousy, outbursts of fury, selfishness, dissent, envy, drunkenness. In the second reading, St. Paul tells us that anyone who does these will not inherit the kingdom of God. And if you're like me, that is a very frightening scripture to confront because I struggle with some of these sins. I've had outbursts of fury. I've dissented and gossiped about authority figures. I get jealous of other people. I can be very selfish. And I know I'm not the only one that struggles with some of these. And if you're like me and you struggle with these, according to St. Paul, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That is truly frightening. But let's look a little deeper. And let's look at why St. Paul says this. We should begin by looking at what St. Paul contrasts these works of the flesh with. He contrasts these with what he calls the fruits of the Holy Spirit. He lists love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are fruits of the Spirit, meaning that when the Holy Spirit is at work within us, we don't have to try to be loving or joyful or peaceful or patient. When the Holy Spirit's operating within us, those fruits spring forth very naturally. They manifest themselves in us naturally when God is operating within us. Now all of those sins that Paul mentioned, the works of the flesh, those are also fruits in a certain sense. Now they're not good fruit, of course, but they're fruit in a similar sense, meaning that they just sort of naturally arise within us when we're guided by the flesh. What I'm trying to get at here is that these works of the flesh They arise very deeply within us. Now, certainly they represent our visible sins. But these sins arise out of much deeper issues, such as fear, grief, and anger. And this fear, grief, and anger... Those arise from wounds that we've experienced, perhaps even very early on in our life. Those works of the flesh, jealousy, impurity, selfishness, drunkenness, immorality, all of those visible sins have roots in these wounds. Those things that cause fear, grief, and anger. Now those of you who garden from time to time, know that if you don't remove a weed at its root, it just keeps coming back again. 
So think of that when you think of your sin, especially sins that you seem to struggle with repeatedly, especially sins that you seem to be confessing again and again and again. Well, the reason those sins keep showing up is because they are rooted in a wound, and until that wound heals, they're simply going to keep showing up in one way or another. Now, in the Gospel, Jesus reveals himself as the healer of the human heart. And we see in that Gospel reading that the disciples, they're in that upper room and they're afraid. They're very, very fearful. And we see that Jesus enters into their midst. He breathes on the disciples and gives them peace through the forgiveness of their sins. But when we hear that forgiveness, all right, God's work of mercy, it's not merely to snap the sin off at the stem, okay? It's not merely uh, Jesus forgetting our sins like they never happened, no. The forgiveness that God offers us gets at the very root heals the place where our sins originate in the first place. God's mercy, God's mercy is most deeply experienced when he heals the wounds that cause our sins to spring up at the very beginning. And so to experience this healing and mercy in this very deep way that the apostles experienced, it requires us to discover the roots of our sin, and to invite God into those places where healing is needed. And that is not easy. It sometimes requires that we face life experiences that we'd rather forget. It sometimes requires that we confront things and call things to mind that we've done our best to sort of push back into the far recesses of our memory. Sin is rooted in wounds of abuse. It's rooted in wounds of grief and sadness. Sin is rooted in the ways that we have been betrayed and experienced heartbreak. Sin is rooted in misguided ideas and lies that we've believed for perhaps a very long time. It goes that deep. And it's at that deep level where God's mercy must impact us. Or else we're just going to keep repeating those things that St. Paul mentions, those works of the flesh. Healing comes only when we discover those wounds and invite the Lord to heal them. And oftentimes when we, we need to forgive the people who have wounded us. And this, of course, is how the Holy Spirit, which we celebrate today, renews the face of the earth. All right? It renews the face of the earth by healing us at our deepest levels. Now, I've been focusing on this a lot in my own prayer. I've been asking God to help reveal to me some of those events, some of those misguided beliefs and attitudes that have caused some of these wounds. And... Uh, God's really made it very clear to me uh, that 
many of these come from a sense of pride. And in my prayer, I've been led to think of some events in my own life where my pride was wounded, okay, where I experienced some humiliation, some embarrassment, things like that. You know, people say that, you know, humiliation it sort of pushes back against our pride. And that's true, but it's only true if we process it right. And I wasn't doing that when I was younger. Rather, I found some other ways to cope with that, to cope with some of the embarrassment and whatnot. Uh, I didn't deal with them properly, and so some of these methods of coping that I had come up with, they sort of made me a little bit more prideful. So now asking God to heal some of these moments is what I've been doing. I've, I've been asking, like, God, what do I need to know about this? All right, I've had to go back, and, and sometimes we need to go back and relive some of these experiences that cause grief and anger and fear. We need to go back and, and, and relive them. Only this time, we go back and we relive them with God right at our side. And again, that's not easy. Again, you know, it will force us to confront some very, very difficult things. All right? But again, those experiences and all the ways in which we've chosen to cope, they can be very, very harmful. Grief, for example, ways that we've chosen to cope with grief. Wounds. Sins. These same sins that Paul mentions. And so I want to invite you to do some of this in your prayer life as well. Find that quiet and still place where you can really feel what's on your heart. And ask the Holy Spirit for courage, for wisdom, and for understanding. Ask Him to reveal those wounds to you. Ask Him to help you recall those experiences that caused your sins to spring up. And invite him into that place so that you can begin healing. Ask him, what do I need to know about this event to help me experience healing? Again, you might relive some of that grief. You might relive some of that fear. You might relive some of that anger. But this time you invite the Lord into it. Ask him to help you understand it. To make sense of it. Just look at Jesus in the gospel. Risen from the dead. And yet those wounds on his hands and in his side were very much present. But they had new meaning. They had new meaning. And that's what healing does. Those events still happened. They still shaped us. Only we can give them new meaning and God can give them new meaning. Only when we discover any of this will the, the works of the flesh cease to spring forth from us. And instead it will begin to produce those fruits of the Spirit that we hear about in the Gospel. That joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, 
generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Only then will this bring us the peace that our hearts desire and prepare us to enter the kingdom of God, where we will live with God forever as new creations, completely healed from all of the brokenness that we suffer with here below.